Good morning, Jerry. How are you? Hey, man. Good morning. And, uh, boy, great to be on with you. I think we uh, uh, make a good team, and this is a good way to end uh, our our effort together this season. What I'll do today is I'll be uh, succinct, which is maybe an impossibility, <laughs> but I'll try to make these answers good and short for you so you can cover a lot of ground. Thank you, Jerry. That is very, very thoughtful. I think the first thing is, uh, some of the media, uh, whenever you don't talk to them after the game, it, it's newsworthy. So maybe some of the media wondering uh, why you didn't speak after the Rams game, and more importantly, your thoughts on what happened. Well, I, as it turns out, they're in the Coliseum, and I guess I love that place. Uh, you wouldn't believe the Cowboy fans, uh, and you couldn't get a sense of it unless you were right out in the middle of them. Well, to get to the locker room, from where you sit at the stadium is impossible because uh, uh, I really do think we had 40 or 50 percent of the fans there, and uh, they were all appreciative. Uh, uh, even the Los Angeles fans were so appreciative to have that great game there of all the years that they've had a drought out there not having games, and so I just couldn't move. Uh, <laughs> I would get places, and uh, uh, you just couldn't move. It's not set up to go from where I sit to the dressing room, and uh, you couldn't get there. It was going to be like I would have had to go down there at halftime to be there at the end of the ballgame. <laughs> it, uh, it was a wonderful feeling to have that kind of positiveness in the crowd. And, of course, uh, uh, you say, well, I guess they were positive. You were uh, not playing well on the field, and they should be in a winning mood. Well, uh, it felt like over half those people were Cowboy fans out there, and they were – uh, this is a real positive situation, not a negative situation as far as that's concerned. So uh, I just couldn't get there. And I didn't, uh, as you know, we got down the end. We had a shot at the end. It was a long shot, but we had it. And I didn't want to spend that whole fourth quarter trying to get around so that I could visit with anybody. After the game, uh, the way the transportation was set up, the direction of the traffic, you literally had to get in cars to go back around to where the dressing room were. <laughs> I didn't make it. I knew we'd be having this talk today. All right. Uh, good enough explanation. Now, our number one storyline from the game is just shocked that this very good defense got run on to that degree. What did you think of the game overall? Yeah, I've had the benefit of uh, uh, the tape, looking at the tape, the evaluation uh, by both the scouts as well as the coaches. And uh, uh, we, uh, uh, frankly, we uh, never got traction, and I mean that literally. Uh, that was a slippery field. Well, very much. Uh, if I had it to do over again, I, we would be really scrutinizing our footwear, our cleats. Uh, but we, we had trouble digging in, so to speak. Now, you say, well, that's a trite, that's an excuse. No, it is not, because not only physically, but we had trouble digging in. Uh, with just effectiveness of our defense. And we did not stop them, and we did not stop the run. That limited our times that uh, we had eight possessions. I know I sound like the coach, but we had eight possessions. Uh, that's about as little as you can have in the NFL uh, because we couldn't get off the field. And so uh, uh, literally the game was uh, – and the minute that, that Los Angeles took the first drive down the field, I think everybody started turning white. And uh, – uh, that, that was inordinate. We picked a bad day to have a bad day in terms of, uh, of overall our players. We had a combination of players that just didn't have their best game. 
uh, we, uh, uh, they uh, did some things in there that weren't confusing, but just were uh, uh, dehabilitating to us relative to the way we play. Uh, we were some of our guys were uh, getting uh, backed uh, backed up in lanes that other guys were trying to rush in, and uh, uh, we just had a bad day overall. Jerry, some of the Rams players said that they knew that what was coming from your defense and and, and how the defense was going to play the that possession or that play based on little tells, like even something as simple as the hand placement of some of the defensive players. Do you buy that 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 was something that they picked up on? Yeah. I do, and uh, uh, that's not uncommon. Uh, when we won the Super Bowl, I had Don Shula, Marty Schottenheimer, Tom Flores. Those are names so far from the past, but I was on the competition committee, and they said, you know, everybody read your signals. They knew when you were going to run or pass, and they knew almost which way you were going to go. But we still couldn't stop you hmm. so much for uh, 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 tipping things off. Uh, that there's a uh, you want to be uh, you want to be more uh, uh, mis- mysterious. Let's say you want to be better than that. You like to have the edge of surprise, uh, but uh, it's pretty easy to say. Uh, we look at tendencies. We look at things they do when they've got 85 in the game. They usually do this when they mm-hmm. do that. Uh, that's been around since I was playing. You know, Jerry, I want to get your reaction to the run on fourth and one that was stopped with Zeke. Now, obviously, going for it there was the right call, uh, but the play itself, what was your take on the actual play to run that fourth and one, basically just dive up the middle? Yeah, I've seen that play uh, get you a first down. I have, and you have too. Uh, So uh, you've got a powerful back. In general, I have a little problem, always have, uh, stepping back and taking the ball back in the backfield three or four feet, handing it off to get an inch, to gain an inch. It looks like there's a lot of ground you're gaining. I like the quarterback sneak. Uh, we were challenged on short yardage right there in the middle this year. Uh, but we made some plays there too. So, again, that's taking it back. That's second guessing. Uh, I understand. I think Dak is an excellent quarterback sneaker. Uh, I saw him literally bend his knees, uh, uh, picture his back straight up, and he had his had the ball in his hands one game and just pushed his way uh, through. You noticed more often than not on real short yardage, most teams do quarterback sneaks. This year, we thought without Frederick, with a uh, uh, rookie in there in the middle, we thought with possibly uh, uh, some of the uh, different personnel, the way they were stacking it up, we thought we were better off handing the ball most of the time to Zeke on short yardage, him being such a powerful back. But I can remember with Emmett Smith, and I can remember some of the challenges that we had there in the middle from time to time with Mark Stepnoski as center, uh, but we would uh, – uh, sometimes on a short yard is deal not get there. So, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a debate. Uh, don't believe you, me. These coaches and, and uh, everybody involved are sit there and go, which way should we go and what play on a short yardage play should we call? That's tough in the NFL on short yardage. We all know that, but that's the game. Jerry Jones right here with Sean and RJ on the home of the Cowboys, 105.3 The Fan. 
How do you feel about the season overall, Jerry? Are you satisfied? Are you still hungry? Are you happy? Are you disappointed? What's your 2019 uh, season feeling recap? Uh, From my standpoint, uh, it was a year that was from evaluating where we go from here was one of the best reads that I've had this past season. Uh, we changed our coaching staff dramatically to start the year. Uh, we made eight or nine changes on a coaching effective uh, position changes. Uh, uh, we didn't change out technically the coordinator on defense, but we added uh, someone who really uh, made a major impact uh, in uh, Chris Richard on defense. Uh, offensively, we, we really sat down with uh, – our offensive coordinator, and when we made those hires around him, the tight ends coach, the offensive line coach, the receivers coach, the quarterback coach, uh, he's very involved in in that process of getting those coaches in here, interviewed them, uh, suggested them, turned down coaches. So we brought the staff in to really accommodate what we were doing with our offensive coordinator. We started off slow. Uh, Then I think the coaching staff kicked in, and I think it got better and got better and got better, and we uh, made adjustments. We were firstly uh, really putting some emphasis on uh, run-pass option, which we think Dak uh, does well. He certainly came from a run-pass option-type offense in college. Uh, uh, that caused us to go east and west quite a bit with our blocking. We moved back into, by changing out the offensive line coach during the year, we moved into uh, a more north-south, more to our liking. We compensated for the loss of an all-pro center that we had planned on. We brought in a rookie guard. We brought in a backup guard that turned out to play uh, outstandingly well. The center that we replaced him with, Looney, had a great year. He's not Frederick by any stretch of the imagination, but he ended up having a great year for us having lost our center. The way we adjusted, we changed that with our offense on the offensive line, changed coaches right in the middle of the year. Uh, So when I look at what our coaching staff and how it's evolved, I give it a good grade. I give it a grade when I look around at what uh, other teams are doing and trying to do to find their head coach. If Jason Garrett had been out on the market two weeks ago, uh, he would have had five offers for head coaching. I know that. You've got to look at what your alternative is. We've got a very young team. We've got a team that we've got going in a direction. We've got players we've got going in a direction. You make changes, and you're going to change direction. And you may not know if you've got uh, uh, what those particular coaches or that coach has in mind relative to your personnel. Well, when you're sitting here doing contracts on players for years in advance and you're sitting here with investment and draft picks, stepping up here and making a change each year is tough. I've done that, and I've been there, and I know the price you pay. No, we didn't get to, to the last game that can be played in the NFL. That's success. It's the one, one area in my life that uh, you uh, can have a certain amount of success yet still pull up short 
because you don't get and win a Super Bowl or get to the championship game. In regular business, you can be a billionaire and you can come in 200th <laughs> in regular business. And nobody's sitting around saying, boy, change it out, quit, do this, do that. I'm sounding, uh, I'm not a bit irritated, I understand. But I like the direction that we're going in. I like where we're going. I don't have any comments this morning about extensions or, or um, uh, if we're going to do any replacing because of my options are open. Nobody knows. Anybody tells you there's going to be a change out there, what have you, they don't know because I don't know this morning, and I'm the last thing. Well, Jerry, uh, I'm not going to press you uh, because I know Stephen's answer yesterday on, on Linehan, but I just want to uh, relay the fan feeling that we've been getting. You know how much we talk about you guys. There seems to be a major, major frustration that the offense isn't new school enough or hasn't evolved enough. It's kind of old school, 90s, and, and Scott Linehan has taken – a ton of criticism, and a lot of fans uh, do want him replaced. What do you say to that uh, criticism that the Cowboys are just too stone age with their offense with all the talent that you guys have? Number one, uh, uh, first of all, I like everybody uh, uh, appreciative of the kind of talent we've got. Uh, This is a very talented group, and I think we can get better. I do. I think we're in a position to get better with our talent. We may lose some people, some players that we might, that our fans may have a concern about, but in general, we can upgrade and still, uh, uh, apart from just normal upgrade from players getting better. Uh, But from the standpoint of the offensive coordinator, uh, when I look at the number of changes around the NFL, and they're monumental, not just today, but let's say in the last 10 years or since I've been here, 30 years, uh, the number one change-out area is offensive coordinator. The number one challenge when we sit down and talk about our game and nuances of changing the game, looking at the penalties, the number one thing we try to work on is offense because offense is the uh, exciting part of the game, and it's the biggest challenge, always is. Defenses adjust on offenses. Offenses have to adjust. They have to adjust. They have to evolve. They have to in the rules of the game, which you do at the NFL and the rule level. uh, They have to within the team. And so uh, I, I don't know of anybody that doesn't, when you start out, have a good game plan that has been adjusted for current rules and current defenses. And uh, uh, when I say rules, I do such things as, well, they pass a rule that says you can't touch somebody uh, after five yards. That rule has been on the books a long time. It was enforced, and it probably broke it wide open and changed what offensive coordinators do. So I would say to you that uh, you can have uh, outstanding ideas and, and still not have uh, effectiveness on the field. And so uh, it doesn't surprise me at all that since we uh, have the record we had this year on our low scoring, that our coordinator would probably be the most criticized behind the general manager for uh, being a part of keeping him there. 
So just for the record, because the entire media world is listening, no, there no, there is no record. There <laughs> is no record. Not just for the record. <laughs> Reserve the right to change my mind when I hang this phone call up. So no, <laughs> no, no official, no official comment on the future of. There's of not Jason. official. There's just no record. I can give you that. Put that down, and what we've got are guys under contract, and we've got a couple of these coaches that aren't under contract. The ones I am going to spend any time on when I hang up are the ones that are out of contract. But as far as the record is concerned, there there is no record. There's nobody. Why, why would I uh, uh, put some kind of statement out that says uh, this is what we're going to do when we might have an opportunity here next week? This is the time when these things are thought about. This is the time when they're chewed on. This is the time when uh, you may see an opportunity next week you didn't know existed this week in the area of personnel or in the area of coaching. And I'm not trying to be cute here. I'm just saying that uh, uh, one of the advantages that we have is that we can operate with that kind of flexibility. That's fair. Jerry Jones here on The Fan. Can you uh, comment or how positive do you feel about the future with Chris Richard? Can you comment on that? Well, I uh, uh, am very positive uh, about the future with Chris Richard in terms of of, uh, just that statement. I think he's going to be an outstanding coach in the NFL, and I'm a part of the NFL. So I like guys like Chris Richard coming into the league. I like great owners. I uh, uh, I like people like Richard coming into their own. Uh, We have one rule in the NFL anymore. You do not give another team permission. You can, can, but you aren't required to give another team permission to talk to one of your coaches unless that position is to be the head coach of another team. Otherwise, uh, if a a coach is under contract, you don't have to uh, uh, give anybody the right to talk to him. What has that got to do with the answer? The answer is that uh, uh, we've given Chris Richard the opportunity to talk to two or three teams about being the head coach. That's all i got to say about it. I feel good about Chris Richard and the future with him. I'm going to be with him whether I'm playing against him or with him. Very good. Jerry, 2007, uh, 2009, 2014, 16, 18, unable to get past round two. What's missing that can take that's preventing this team from getting to that next level, the championship game? and then the Super Bowl. You know, the great Tom Landry uh, had criticism for years and years and years because he couldn't get past a certain round. And he ended up winning two Super Bowls here. He's considered one of the greatest coaches that's ever coached the game. But he finally broke through and won two Super Bowls. Here, that was Tom Landry. Uh, uh, This team doesn't understand uh, when it took the field that it's been X years since it's gotten out of the second round. These guys were babies when that uh, when that started. And so what you have to do in that case is you look at this team, you look at this staff, and you say, what are the best chances not of breaking out of anything? What are the best chances of next year getting out of the second round? Everything I do is in that vacuum. What can this team, these players, this staff, or somebody else 
what is the best way for us to get out of the second round? Well, the first thing we have to do is figure out how to get to the first round. Because this is a different bunch. This isn't the bunch that Staubach led or Aikman led or, or uh, Quincy Carter led. This isn't that same bunch. The things they hear from coaching staffs, they haven't been sitting here actually hearing it. We get to, fans get to, and that's great. We get to look at the whole picture. And that's where, they, where I come in. And they say, what are you going to do, Jerry, to get out of the first round? That's more valid. That really is more valid. Now, you, you do remember what was done and said 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do to change that? Well, to do it next year or the next year, it may be that after having all of these years without getting to the second or the uh, Super Bowl, it may be that we decide the best way to do that is to keep this particular bunch who weren't a part of that 15 years ago together and keep this player or keep this coach, and that's our best chance to do it. Jerry, uh, there's a report out that Zeke is uh, looking for an extension. Uh, Dak is entering next year, the last year of his rookie deal, the last you know, real cheap year of his contract. Is it a goal to get either one of those guys an extension this offseason? Or both? And I don't, I, I really don't uh, uh, talk about any, uh, and it's not to say that it's not, it's not to say that it is, but I'm not going to talk about anybody that we've got under contract or that we consider uh, extending. Um, uh, what would you do, number one? And uh, when you say goals, uh, our goals are to put the best team that we possibly can. I'm not being trite, but some of these questions about uh, whether you're extending or not. Are you asking me, do we want Zeke in the foreseeable future on the Dallas Cowboys? The answer is yes. That'd be madness to, to think any differently. Uh, uh, you ask a question about Dak, and the answer is yes. I want him in the short term and the long term, Dak. Now, that's, uh, that's something. That, but Zeke, uh, it's like asking if you uh, – uh, want Martin or if you want Smith. Certainly we do. And again, th- th- uh, this is, I may sound a little frustrated. I'm not at all. It's just that some of these, and do you want Lawrence for, for the foreseeable future? Uh, Byron Jones, a lot of these guys, yes. Uh, now, uh, uh, getting there, uh, hell, I want a bigger boat. <laughs> I, don't well, I don't know you that's possible. <laughs> You know that. I know you know it. But uh, the bottom line is, there's a whole bunch of stuff that you want. <laughs> now, another question is, uh, do you have the resources or do you have the uh, means or do you have a plan to get there? And most everything you hear speculation on is fluid, and that's the real question. Tell us how you're going to do it. Right. And uh, I can't, I won't, because sometimes I don't know how to do it. You have a plan, but you don't know how to do it until you're sitting there and reach that hand out and shake it. <laughs> uh, Jerry, yesterday it sounded like awesome news on Travis Frederick that there's a possibility he could be full go by the spring with team activities. What can you tell us about Travis's progress? I've never seen anybody work any harder to help his team and not be out on the field than Travis Frederick or Sean Lee. They broke the standard about helping your team, 
and uh, and especially when guys, it's killing them not to be there. Uh, God willing, uh, Travis uh, will get to uh, play and get to play uh, uh, hopefully as early as uh, when we start our preparation in the spring. Uh, his strength is the issue, uh, as far as we can tell, as far as anybody knows. Uh, hope any remnants of his syndrome won't impact him. Uh, I don't know that, and uh, don't know that anybody knows it, but it looks good. Well, Jerry, uh, we ended on a very positive note. Uh, almost 10 years of doing this. It hasn't seemed like that long. We thank you for your time for another season. We think it was a successful season, and here's to making the improvements in the offseason to make it go a little longer next year. We love having you on, and thank you. Hey, man, this is, uh, this is uh, great for the Cowboys to be on with you. It has actually become uh, my official way to communicate uh, with media, and I'm proud of that because uh, – you guys can ask some tough ones and uh, uh, let me kind of uh, uh, give uh, the, the perspective from my view, and I wouldn't trade anything for it. It's my number one way to communicate with our fans. Jerry, thanks for another great year. We'll be talking to you soon. Bye.